I wasn't much more than a child, lost in the land of the lost. It was pre-adolescence. My brother, four years older, had twisted my mother's arm and had her growing pot by the garbage bag full. I thought it was a beanbag chair in his back bedroom until I caught him smoking it. My sister, two years older, was wearing homemade dresses and collecting volumes of fairy tales from around the world. I would avoid her in the hallways at school. There was no father at home. That was when I heard Tom Petty's music for the first time, on WBCN in Boston. FM radio was in its AOR phase and seemed like it would be there forever. The song was Breakdown. The heartbreaker stepped into a shifting landscape, a moment of category confusion. New wave hadn't emerged as the near catch-all term that it would become. Singer-songwriters were generally regarded as musicians who played acoustic guitars, didn't dance, or otherwise bring any trace of James Brown's influence into the room, and between songs talked lightly of politics to well-behaved audiences. On that first Heartbreakers album, Tom Petty wore a leather jacket. He wasn't going to be thrown in with James Taylor. And the songs were too short, too close to Chuck Berry to land the group in the rock territory where Led Zeppelin still held the cave. The Heartbreakers opened shows for Kiss, and then for Al Cooper. They were booked as an opener for Rush, for The Runaways, once even for a Tom Scott and the L.A. Express show, where an audience member called out, What is this, the monkeys? Not sure what else to do, critics regularly drop Petty and his band into the punk category. Soon enough, New Wave would give him another place to live, but even that didn't last. Before long, people started calling them a rock and roll band. It was a good moment for music, even if denigrating it was a necessary pose, pissing on Foreigner and Sticks as if they were an active threat. Punk, while not a thing of the mainstream, had a kind of cleansing effect that extended upward from below. A lot became possible. Talking Heads, Elvis Costello, Mink DeVille, Rockpile, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Television, Graham Parker, all seemed like they belonged to the same family, and Punk was somehow their birth mother, though many of them were at work years before Malcolm McLaren started selling clothes on King's Road. For those who did have records out before Punk became official, Punk gave them an extended, sometimes dysfunctional family. In the home I grew up in, We alternated between listening to WROR, an oldies station, thanks to a hippie uncle raised in the 50s, and WBCN, which played most of the acts named above. Something in the new music reminded us of what we liked in the old stuff, but Petty seemed to connect those two worlds better than anyone. Not the intellectual gymnast that Elvis Costello was, never as grandly romantic as Springsteen or as simultaneously strange and canny as Talking Heads, Petty nonetheless got in there a little deeper than the others. Breakdown had as much space as Green Onions. The Heartbreakers often revealed who they were and what they didn't play. It set them apart. If they were born under the sign of the Beatles and the Stones, the band was also a distinctly Southern act, though not in the cartoon sense of, say, the Charlie Daniels band, with the rehashed Southern imagery that, for whatever reason, played well in middle America. The Heartbreakers had a different Southernness, in some ways more like the Dan Penns and Eddie Hintons, 
musicians and writers who had been raised on the black sounds around them, players who held back when there was a song in the room because there was a song in the room.